God bless you and thank you for watching Sun Broadcasting here and out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're so grateful for our ministry partners and our supporters who are bringing the second man teaching uh, straight into your living room and your prison cell and your prison chapel, wherever you're watching. And we're just so grateful uh, for the Lord for you to be able to influence you, to be able to help guide your life uh, in 2021. Uh, every year for decades now, we have been uh, beginning our new year with a 21-day fast. And I want to encourage you to go to our website and download. We have a prayer calendar. It's a 21-day prayer calendar where for the first week, we'll be praying uh, for vision for our family. The second week, we're praying for love for God, love for the Bible, love for my enemies, love for my family, and also praying love for prayer, that God would increase our love for those things. And the third week of this Daniel fast, we're praying for an increase of faith. Uh, the first, the 15th day of the third week, we're praying for the faith for healing, the faith for finances, the faith for breakthrough. And so if you go to our website, we have resources that are available to you. We want to ask you that you go to those websites, download that prayer calendar. We also have um, a 30-day Bible reading challenge where you could actually read nine chapters of the Bible a day and download that form and you could read the whole New Testament in 30 days. So I encourage you to go to the website on your screen, download that devotional. If you're watching us and uh, you don't have access to the internet, write to us and we'll send you uh, a 30-day Bible reading program and we'll also send you the 21-day fasting and prayer guide, which uh, will help you. Um, and since today is day four of our fast in the new year, I wanted to share just briefly about um, the New Testament church. You know that this year and the end of last year, churches all across the country had very challenging times, not able to gather, not able to meet. And um, I just want to encourage pastors this morning and leaders of local churches. In Acts chapter 4, or Acts chapter 2 rather, it says in verse 46, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. You know, I don't understand the decisions that people in positions of power and authority make. But one thing I do know is that God can give you favor with men and favor with God. And the Bible says that the early church had favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You know, the church has never been out of favor. The church has favor. You have favor with God. The Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And so I make a commitment this year to grow spiritually, to, 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 to begin to glean fruit of the harvest. I'm believing for souls in 2021, and I'm so grateful that I'm able to teach you this morning through the ministry of Second Man and to be able to impart to you a spiritual truth. This morning... Uh, I want to take you to the book of Nehemiah, and I have a, a, a simple little teaching and a thought that the Lord gave me at the end of the year last year. And the question I want to ask you is, are you going to hold up or are you going to fold up? You know, Nehemiah lived in, um, 
Babylon and he was uh, in a foreign country. He was so serving uh, a foreign king and he was actually groomed to serve in the very presence of the king. And Nehemiah got bad news from home. He got some very terrible news that the temple had been destroyed, the walls had been destroyed, all the houses and the priests uh, had been destroyed. And the Bible says that, that Nehemiah committed himself to prayer and fasting. And the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 2, when he set the wine before the king, Artaxerxes, that he took the wine and gave it to the king. And the Bible says, Now I have never been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? Could you imagine showing up to work and you got symptoms? Most of our places of employment, our schools, our offices, before you walk in the door, they check in your temperature. Do you have any um, fever? Have you had any cough symptoms? Have you traveled out of the state? Have you been around anyone that has had symptoms lately? And the king asked Nehemiah, why is your face so sad since I know you're not sick? Why would Nehemiah be asked this sort of question? Because he was a cupbearer to the king. He was the, in closest proximity to the king. What the king ate, Nehemiah ate first. What the king drank, Nehemiah drank first. The king's vitality rested on the vitality of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah walked into work one day and he didn't look the same. One day Nehemiah walked into the office and he didn't feel the same. And he was showing it all over his face. And the king said, Nehemiah, what is wrong? I know you're not sick. Why are you so sad? And the Bible says that he became dreadfully afraid. For Nehemiah, it wasn't a quarantine option. For Nehemiah, it wasn't go home and rest for a few days. For Nehemiah, it was a life or death. The king could have translated that as a threat against him, a conspiracy against the king, and he didn't have to tolerate it. He didn't have to give him a pink slip. He didn't have to give him a warning slip. He didn't have to have him go get checked for a virus or for a sickness. Immediately, Nehemiah would be executed. So Nehemiah could not afford to be sick. But I love the fact that Nehemiah found favor with the king. And the Bible says that everything was going bad. Everything that could have gone bad went bad for Nehemiah's family and the nation back at home. And he was feeling the pressures of life. He was feeling the pressures of ministry. It was like he had one setback after another setback. Um, we've had times like that, and I know you've had times like that. But the Bible says in verse 9, Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. How many of you know that you got the king's letter on your side? You got 66 books of letters, and they're all letters from the kings. And they say that you're highly favored. They say that all things are possible for him who believes. And this morning, I want to remind you that in spite of what's come against you, in spite of what hand you've been dealt, you got the king's letters on your side. And the Bible says, Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me, 
And when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed. Notice this. They were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. You know, that if you seek the well-being of your city, I love what Jeremiah uh, chapter 29 says. He said, seek the peace of the city, seek the prosperity of the city, for in its prosperity you will prosper. I don't know a pastor or a leader that has sought anything else than the prosperity of the city. And I just want to challenge you, pastor, you keep seeking the peace and the prosperity of your city. It doesn't matter what the king has said. It doesn't matter what people have said. You keep serving your city. I know you love your city and you love the people in your city. And people are drawn to your church because of your love for the city. And I just want to encourage you, you keep serving the city. Anytime you see a man of God that is seeking the well-being of the city, that is seeking the well-being of the nation, that is seeking the well-being of the state, there will be people that are deeply disturbed. I know the devil is deeply disturbed, but I want you to know that you got the king's letters and he ought to be disturbed because we are seeking the well-being of the city. We seek the well-being of the state. I seek the well-being of your life. But sometimes when we're Seeking the well-being of the city. The people rise up against us. They rose up against Nehemiah. They'll raise up against you. But I love the fact that Nehemiah said that the king granted him everything that he requested because of the good hand of the Lord was upon me. He said that in verse 8. He said, and the king granted them to me. What is it that you request of the king? This morning, I want to tell you that whatever you request of the king, his good hand is on you. So don't fold up. It may look like the world has dealt you a bad hand, but don't fold up. You got to hold up. And that's the thought that I want to preach on this morning. Are you going to hold up or fold up? You know, in the game of poker, uh, you play by probabilities and the probability that you will get a winning hand, the best hand that there is in poker, a straight flush, is one in a million. And that's a very difficult hand to be dealt in the game of poker. Now, I'm not a gambling person, but the most likely hand that you will be drawn in a game of poker is a pair. As a matter of fact, your chances from one in a million go up to 50%. You have a 50-50 chance in every game of poker to draw a pair. You have the highest odds in the game of poker to draw a pair. You have a 50% chance to draw a pair in the game of poker. And guess what? In life, you have a pair. You might say, well, I've been dealt a bad hand. I had a tragic accident. I lost my home. I lost my job. I'm losing my health. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand the things that I've been dealt. This sickness. The loss of a loved one. My father's dying. My mother's dying. My children aren't serving the Lord. You don't understand the hand that I've been dealt. And I just want to ask you, are you going to hold up or are you going to fold up? Because you and God make a pair. And if you and God are in this together, 
you will win. You have the winning hand because you and God make a pair. It doesn't matter what odds are up against you. And the question that God asked me to ask the church in 2021, are you going to live by divine providence or are you going to live by probabilities? Are you going to forget and forsake the providence of God and the sovereignty of God? Or are you going to live by the probabilities? Well, I probably won't do good this year. I probably won't get a better job. I probably won't go back to work. I probably won't be able to graduate. I probably won't be able to, you know, uh, get that uh, promotion. I'm just telling you the good hand of the Lord is upon you just like the good hand of the Lord God was upon Nehemiah and because the good hand was upon Nehemiah the Bible says that the king granted him his request. You got to keep your hand and all the difficulties and all the tragedies that we've been dealt with you got to keep your hand. You cannot fold up. All of us have been given a thorn in the flesh. The Apostle Paul talked about his thorn in the flesh, and he said he actually identified it. He said it was a minister of Satan to buffet me, to torment me. And three times Paul the Apostle prayed that the Lord God would remove this thorn in his flesh. There are some things that you've prayed for God to remove in your life. There are some things that I've asked God to remove in my life. There's some situations that we were walking into. I said, Lord, don't let us walk through this situation. But you know what? We've walked through that situation and every step of the way he's walked with us. I don't understand what you're walking through. I don't know where you're walking through. But though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you. The Bible says that he sets a table before your enemies. The hand of the Lord is upon you just like the hand of the Lord was upon Paul. And God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, a lot of us, we don't like our insufficiencies. We don't like to admit our insufficiencies. We don't like to admit our inadequacies. We don't like to admit our inhibitions and our insecurities. But let me tell you, Paul had a thorn in the flesh. He had a weakness, but he said, my weakness is not going to stop me. I'm not going to allow this ministry or this tormenting of Satan to keep me from serving the Lord God. I'm not going to fold up. In 2021, whatever life throws at you, whatever hand is dealt to you, I want to encourage you, do not fold up. Do not fold up. Paul did not fold up and neither should you. You are somebody. A lot of people have a self-damaging self-identity. Confessing, I'm nobody, I come from nothing, I'm no one. But I'm here to tell you that you're somebody, you're going somewhere, and the king is with you. And when the king is with you, and the good hand of the Lord is upon you, everything that you request will be granted to you. Notice Nehemiah said, because of the good hand of the Lord God is upon me. You know, the thorn in the flesh could be your wild card. It may be that weakness, that struggle. You don't know why it's there. You don't know why your son or your daughter's in prison. You don't know why that health issue. You don't know why that thing just keeps bothering you. But God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You don't see it as a wild card, but it's a wild card. You know, the devil... He puts all his chips in. He taunts you. The devil's been taunting the church and he's saying, I'm all in. And I just want 
to ask and remind pastors and leaders, are you all in? You know, we're risk takers. We've, we've never shrunk back from taking risks. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about a couple in the New Testament church. Nobody ever talks about them. Priscilla and Aquila. The Bible says in the book of Romans, he said, I have no other co-equal like Priscilla and Aquila in the ministry, for they risked their lives for my, for my ministry, for my life. They risked their necks, the Bible says, for my life. Paul the Apostle had risk takers around him. You know, Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila, that's three of a kind. You know, the Bible says in the book of Nehemiah, when Nehemiah showed up to, uh, to Jerusalem, the Bible says, I didn't tell nobody my plans. I just gathered a few men. He gathered men like-minded. He gathered three of a kind. He said, you and me and you, are we're going to go and we're going to survey this land and we're going to see what we can do together. So when the devil puts in all his chips, I got your health. I got your job. I got your children. I got your son in prison. I got your daughter on that sick bed. I got your daughter on drugs. I got your child strung out. I got your child on the streets. He puts in all his chips and says, what are you going to do? You might as well fold up. And I'm just here to tell you, you do not fold up. You hold up because the good hand of the Lord is upon you. That weakness that you have is your wild card and the Lord God is with you. Paul the Apostle says, to keep me from being exalted above measure, he said, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. And he says, and I'll just boast in my infirmities that the power of cost, the power of Christ will rest on me. You know, I don't understand why sometimes God is incredibly silent. Maybe you have prayers that have gone unanswered. Maybe you have issues that have been, God has not dealt with them. You feel like he's not dealing with them. You feel like he's silent. He's incredibly silent. But whether he answers or not, I'll still believe that he is God and nothing will shake me from my confidence in you. This year I make a commitment to live by the providence of God and not the probabilities. And we need to learn to suffer as the body of Christ. We need to learn to suffer because one of these days our theology is not going to match up to the Bible. What I've learned through the struggles and the failures of life and the harassment of the devil because the Bible comes the devil the Bible says that the devil comes to harass us and to hinder us he hindered Paul he's going to hinder you the devil comes to harass us and to hinder us but what I've learned that it takes more faith to trust God when he has not given us any answers when I don't have a clue to what he is doing but he has superior judgment he knows what he's doing So let us not be offended by God. Let us not be offended at how God deals with us. You know, the Bible talks about the priesthood in the Old Covenant. You know, in the Old Covenant, the Bible says that no one who had a defect could come near God. And that is found in the book of Leviticus 21. And 
I want to go there real quick because it says that anyone who had a defect could not enter the service of the ministry. It says, speak to Aaron, saying, no man of your descendants in succeeding generations who has any defect may approach to offer the bread of his God. For any man who has a defect shall not approach a blind man or a lame man who has a marred face or a limb too long, a man who has a broken foot or a broken hand or is a hunchback or a dwarf or a man who has a defect in his eye or eczema or a scab or is a eunuch. No man of the descendants of Aaron, the priest, who has a defect may enter into the sanctuary. He cannot come near. Thank God for Jesus. The Bible says that he has made us a kingdom of priests and kings. And I know that there are many of you that have defects. You're hurting. You're wounded. You got a thorn in the flesh. We don't live in the old covenant anymore. We live in the new covenant. And the Bible says that in weakness, our strength is perfected in the power of God. Many scholars believe that Paul had a sight problem. Many believe that he had a he he had a facial figure problem. He had a self complex. We don't know exactly what it was. We know that Paul identified it as a minister of Satan. It was a defect in his life, and God said, "Paul, for whatever reason it is, I'm not allowing that defect to be removed from your life, because that very thing that has defected you, that very thing that is that has hurt you, is going to be for the healing of others." It's going to be for the healing of others. And so if God chooses to fix your, your situation or not, one of the things that God is going to do is that He's going to show you that He's sovereign. There are three things that you cannot change through the circumstances or the situations that you're going through. God is allowing it and He knows why. The struggles and the issues of life that we go through, God is allowing it and He knows why. And secondly, God is going to reverse it. You know, there are many things in my life that I believe God's going to reverse. There are many things in your life that God is going to reverse. God is going to allow you to make a U-turn. God is going to allow you to make a U-turn. Or thirdly, God is going to sanctify it and use it for His glory. That child out of wedlock, God's going to use that young boy, that disease, that hurt, that failure, that, that mess up, that thing that you regret the most, God is going to use it. He's going to give you a compassionate heart. He's going to give you a heart of humility to be able to love people. He's going to make you merciful and compassionate. The very thing that you thought was going to hurt you, God's going to use it to heal you and to heal others. Job said, he knows the path that I take. In Job chapter 10, he knows me by name. I don't know what path you've been taking. I don't know where you've been. But the Bible says, he knows that a path that I take. And when he has been finished with me, I shall be refined as gold. You know, Job suffered a lot. If anyone should have folded, it should have been Job. 
in one day he lost his children, he lost his possessions, everything that he had worked for, everything that he had sacrificed for, literally. The Bible says, and Dave, Job did this repeatedly, and day to day Job offered offerings, he offered sacrifices, he lost everything he sacrificed for. He lost his children. He lost his possessions. But he did not fold. Do not fold. You got to hold up. You got to hold up. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good of those who love God. And the Bible doesn't stop there. It says those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he sanctified. And those he is sanctifying, he is glorifying. We are called to be conformed into the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. And whatever it is that God has allowed in your life, he's conforming you into his image. You know, the first man would want to retaliate. The first man would say, you know what? This is God. God is evil. But no, the second man said God is in control. God is sovereign. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing with his hurt. He knows what he's doing with his failure. He knows what he's doing in this circumstance. I want to close with this one verse. I got one minute left, and I'm going to use every minute of it. I promise. And Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says, If the axe is dull and does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings more strength. You know, that you could lose your cutting edge in life. You know, it could seem like you're swinging and you're swinging with a dull axe. Wisdom will bring out the strength. And God has just told me to tell you, seek my wisdom in the things that you're powerless to do in your own doing. Seek out the wisdom of the Lord. Lord, I need your wisdom in 2021. If you continue reading Ecclesiastes 9, verse 14, chapter 14, verse 15, it says, wisdom is better than strength. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, according to verse 18. And so whatever you need wisdom for in 2021, I pray that the Lord is going to give you wisdom and strength. He's going to show you why you didn't fold up. When you should have folded, you didn't fold, and God's going to show you why at the end. Because He's about ready to open doors for ministry in your life. He's about ready to show you things you never knew before. He's about ready to give you things that you were not able to handle because you were not ready for them. So God had to allow a thorn in the flesh. He had to allow a little bit of suffering. He had to allow a little bit of distance, maybe from you and your loved ones for a time, so that He could allow His work to be completed in your life. I got the wisdom to know that I'm weak. But He has strengthened me. He will strengthen me. In the Bible, there is saving grace, there's justifying grace, and then there's God's enabling grace. And Paul realized all three of them. My grace is sufficient for you. It's God's dunamis power 
that is sufficient for you. Let that be your prayer today. Lord God, give me more grace to endure this thorn. If you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to say this prayer and accept him into your heart and into your life today. Say, Lord God, I come to you and I surrender my life to you. Wash me with your precious blood and cleanse me and make me whole. And Lord, I don't understand the things that you have not removed. I don't understand the thorn in the flesh that you've allowed in my life. But Lord, I pray that it will bring about your purpose in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you said that prayer, write to us or call us, email us, and we want to give you some discipleship material. We'll send it to you free of charge so that you can grow and increase in the knowledge of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We love you and we're praying for you.